witticism. Colloquialism. Segway. You're such an egotist. Yes. By the way, guys, I'm really humble. Well, how do you do? Now when you get for free. Oh, God, it's awful. Bad Philosophy, episode 162, recorded on March 30th, 2015. Plain old smut. Hey, it's Bad Philosophy. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Stephen Torrance, and I'm recording here in Kevin Saunders' house today. Yeah, um, that's where I live. It just so happens that he's here. We didn't just, Whoa. like, break in. I would, I would be worried if I was listening to this episode later and that was not the case. And, like, we're recording this episode in Kevin's house. Shh. <laughs> One of these days. Kevin's closet just happens to be the perfect audio environment. Well, we, for we actually philosophy. learned that back in the day. Um, we did. That, yeah. uh, doing VO inside of a closet is really a mm-hmm. good idea if you have low budget. Mm-hmm. Have um, we ever done it? No. No, of course not. <laughs> We've recorded in the worst places to record a podcast outside in a noisy student union building. Like, yeah. Starbucks. Starbucks. So, uh, anywho, we have a guest on the show today three times in a row. We we did Yay. it. We kind of. Well, no, we didn't. We missed Two one. times in a row. <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, Catherine, and I don't know your last name. You can say it yeah. if you want to, but uh, I'll just stick with Catherine. The guys are so yeah. excited. They're like raising their hands in the air. They're we, like we're, they're we're, like we're super excited. excited. Yeah, we it's don't just often have guests. right. We, often enough. Yeah, so we're getting better, and you're part of it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, There's still more arm flailing. I wish that I wish that the listeners uh, could. We've done video could see, before. Yeah, I wish we that have. the listeners could see this. And we've Heard lost all gift. of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Muppet Show. Yeah. Catherine. Hi, yes. Catherine. Hi. Hi. Uh, why are you here? For one thing, what brought uh, you to bad philosophy? So I'm here, and I think we're going to talk about fan fiction today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stop saying things in sync with me. It's weird. <laughs> and other fandom-related things, but really, we're gonna we're gonna focus on fan fiction, which is um, fan publishings of uh, literature, uh, mm-hmm. written word. Um, and there's a bunch of types and lots of subtypes, and it goes on and on and mm. on. And uh, it's oh, yeah, a really Mary Sue's. That's yeah. We're gonna talk thing. about Mary Sue's. I already have uh, a bookmark to a Trekkie's tale. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. So you are you are apparently somewhat of an expert on this. Then. I pride myself on knowing things about the internet. So you're a nerd. I'm a, I'm a massive nerd. So you are um, totes at home here. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. Yay. Um, no, fan fiction is one of those things that um, there's an enormous culture behind it. It's very mm. um, women and queer based. Mm-hmm. So it's something that that should be discussed and should be should be known about. Um, because you know a lot of media is is produced by men, mm. um, men. and for yeah. men, yeah. And uh, fan fiction is a lot more of, of women producing you know works for themselves and for for others, mm-hmm. hmm. um, which is a you know an impressive the fact that we just like took things over. And we're yeah. like, this is ours now, and you're not going to touch it. <laughs> From the fairly fairly early days of the internet, too. Mm-hmm. It, well, and even in... before that, so we yeah. have the sort of the sort of timeline of fan fiction starts with. Um, Originally, it was, I mean, even before, like, zines and things, it was, like, Sherlock nerds getting together and being like, this is what would happen if I met Sherlock, and we'd all, you know, the entire world was like, man, what weirdos. Um, But it really became a big deal when um, Star Trek came out, and fanzines became such a big thing, and that's... um, where we introduce ourselves to a lot of um, fanfiction-specific terminology. Um, for example, uh, if you're writing a fanfiction and it's um, there's a romantic subplot mm-hmm. or main plot, depending oh, on how you like plot. your fanfiction, <laughs> only plot, um, 
and it's between a man and a woman, it's uh, always symbolized in, in written form as character A, X, character B. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if it's two people of the same gender, it's going to be character A slash character B, hmm. um, leading to the to the codename uh, Slash. Slash um, So Slash yeah. Vic, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what they're talking mm-hmm. about there. But that started with um, Kirk slash Spock. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those were Pon Far based, actually. So uh, that's where a lot of them got the yeah. start, and almost all of them were published by women. Huh. I did discover just a tangent rabbit trail real quickly. Um, Pon Far was actually as as a as a thing in Star Trek was actually invented by one of my favorite authors, and I only just discovered this recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Theodore Sturgeon, who I don't think I've talked about much on the show before, no. but I'm a big fan of his work. Sounds familiar. Um, I actually, I wrote his symbol on my arm a couple days ago, the Q with an arrow through it for Ask the Next Question. Um, but I was, I was researching him because I was back, getting back into it and I bought another one of his books. Um, but he is actually responsible for both Live Long and Prosper and Pon Far um, in the Star Trek universe. That's a, that's a lot of Vulcan culture. There. It is. Huh. Um, there's, there's, there's debate as to whether or not he invented the hand symbol because uh, Leonard Nimoy also claimed that and I don't want to argue it, that. It, uh, it, it also comes from um, Judaism. There's, yes. There's like, it's part of the blessing over the, yes. like that the priest um, would hold his hands that way. And, and Leonard Nimoy claimed that that's where he discovered it. Yeah. Um, Through there, Kabbalah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are some arguments that, that um, Sturgeon also came up with it. I don't think I think you know that doesn't really matter, and the fact right. that he also did Pond Far and Live Long and Prosper is plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, slash fit Kurt slash Spock. Also, uh, rest in peace, Leonard Nimoy, because oh. that's so that sad. happened since the last yeah. time we recorded. That was really yeah. sad. But anywho, yeah, slash um, fic. Um, yeah, slash fic. So, so fan fiction. I, I did not realize it. It. I mean, I guess it makes sense that fan fiction has probably always been a thing. We just have become more aware of it thanks to the internet. Thanks to the internet. Yeah, originally the major way of sharing fan fiction would be through these fanzines. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really had to know a person who did the thing or knew a person who knew a person who did the thing for it to really get any ground. So it was all very location-based. Mm. Um, and then the internet emerged, and we had these forums and mailing lists, and so like, it was being shared that way. Hmm. Um, and I Were there think... any, like, BBS fanfic exchanges? I mean, there were definitely um, Usenet groups. Yeah, 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 which predated the internet a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah, I'm sure as soon as people started getting together uh, over telephone lines and dial-ups of various sorts uh they were sharing sharing words was a very easy thing to exchange on these mediums so cool and then um so so we've seen the rise of there are sort of some major hubs for fan fiction right some major websites where does it sort of live uh in the past or nowadays on online so fan fiction's major hub um at least historically has always been Mm fanfiction.net um fanfiction.net has been around at least 15 years. <laughs> At least 15 years. <laughs> um, and it wasn't uh, new when I was there. It wasn't new when Kevin was there. Which, so. uh, we'll, we'll, get there but, yeah, uh, we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, So I don't know the specific founding date on that. Um, modern fan fiction has found more of a home on... Um, I mean, not not to say that like places like Tumblr and I guess I you know at one space at one point MySpace and mm-hmm. um and oh Live uh, Journal Live Journal that yeah. was a place to publish yeah. things like that. As a matter of fact, I you know I still there are still fics that I remember reading that were just hosted on Live Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, now Tumblr is a really big hub for that. Twitter not so much, um, but uh, the the modern sort of sort of setup is uh, on a on a website called Archive of Our Own, which is um, shorthanded to Ao3. 
Cool. Yeah, um, that works in my head. It took me a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So you said that, that um, fanfic has kind of been a, a refuge for, for folks who don't really have a, a voice elsewhere. Um, could you say a little bit more about that? Like, like how is it, is it through sort of the anonymity of the internet that this stayed this way or just it... I guess that's part of it I mean the original fandom scene started off with like published names and everything like yeah. we wrote this and they were proud of it um, I think the anonymous nature of it has has helped some people feel comfortable sharing things that otherwise they wouldn't feel comfortable sharing mm. like I just wrote this this piece of literature and you know parts of it are based off of a, a pre-existing work mm-hmm. um, and I don't you know I'm not going to turn this into my creative writing teacher they're not going to think it's legitimate yeah <laughs> um, you know I'm not going to show it to my friends they're going to think I'm weird I'm mm-hmm. going to post it on the internet and get approval from strangers mm. um, and I shouldn't say an anonymous exclusively I mean pseudonymous yeah. people build reputations and, oh yeah and absolutely there are there are some people that are you know very well known for their fan fiction writing on the internet um, depending on you know your 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 uh, your original media of choice yeah so and that's so you said it sort of started around star trek but like what have been sort of the, like the major harry potter genre <laughs> <laughs> just harry potter it's, straight up it's harry know. potter and part of what made harry potter so appealing is um it was directed at um you know i started reading harry potter when i was 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i guess the first two books were out at that yep. time um, that's, that's about when i started as well yeah two so, books out. so we're all we're all about the same age there and we grew up with harry and the other thing that made harry potter fan fiction so prevalent is that the books came weren't all out immediately mm. so like there were people guessing they're like what's gonna happen in fourth year what's gonna happen in fifth year and they just like, couldn't wait so they, they wrote just, it yeah, <laughs> yeah so um it's basically a deviating canon um mm. canon being the main show um, mm-hmm. The plot line there—that's canon. Yeah, we've we've um, talked canon before. On the oh yeah, show. yeah. So, if so, you're not familiar with that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those alternate universe things. So there's a ton of really great fan fiction out there, uh, and especially you know that you read mm-hmm. before the last Harry Potter books came out. Um, that you know, just alternate universe. They're like, yeah. this could happen, and yeah. you know, honestly, it could happen in most cases. You know, they're one of my favorite theories for for fans in early Harry Potter days. And I didn't know this at the time. I I was I was engaged with Harry Potter fan fiction that was coming out. Um, but but I didn't get as into it as I did some of my other things. Uh, the Tomorrow People was always my go-to. Like I, I devoured Tomorrow People fan fiction, which is an obscure show from the 1990s and also the 70s. And also it's back now, which is super weird. What? Um, it's on the CW now. Um, <laughs> That's exciting. I haven't watched it at all. I'm a little bit afraid to. Because <laughs> um, it's got lots of attractive people without their shirts on, which my Tomorrow People didn't have. Mm. Um, it was on Nickelodeon, so <laughs> different audience. But I was making a point. Yeah. Harry Potter. Harry oh, Potter. one of my favorite yeah. Harry Potter um, theories that was put forward in the early books was that Ron was a psychic and didn't know it. Um, and there was some really cool... Good job, Felicity. There were some really <laughs> cool like things that happened in the book where he's like, hey, this thing might... You know, what happened to this? And then... Well, now she's just going to complain. <laughs> oh, I'll get um, And those things ten, turned out to be accurate. Yeah. Um, and it didn't get followed through on, but it actually led to some really interesting creative fanfics about that. It did. That. There's some really great theories out there. And to be honest, a lot of people still talk about them because, you know, Ron was uh, kind of a, a, a dude's dude, um, <laughs> if you will. And, uh, you know, people don't generally associate yeah. psychic power with super, <laughs> you know... You know, boys, yeah. boys. Although I do think, I think it leads to an interesting, and I, I think Harry Potter is a good example of this, something known as, that I love, which is headcanon. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is so, sort of taking ownership of a work and deciding that the way it happens in the book isn't actually what happened. 
or reinterpreting Ooh. the events in the book to make them fit your own desires may not be the right word, but just to, to make them better almost and sort of like say, this is how I think it really should be or really is. Well, this is, it, it's funny. Um, I, I have one of my favorite authors uh, who have never read anything of his uh, works, but who I love to <laughs> speak is uh, China Miaville. Um, yeah. it's, it's weird. I mean, I've never read any of his fiction, but I've seen like at least four or five speeches read, that I've he's given. I've read one short story of his because it was on the issue of McSweeney's. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a prolific writer, of course, and oh my God, his turns of phrase can be laborious, but uh, rewarding generally. And he has a an incredibly dense... Um, the, quite erudite and yet completely on point uh, presentation at uh, the it was like a writer's conference in Edinburgh huh. so he was speaking to a room of fellow novelists about the future of the novel that was the, the theme of this writer's workshop and one of the themes he brought up was like the, the, the text is open it always has been the novel as a medium is it feels stable only because our memory is so short and increasingly writers will be ha- have to become comfortable with the text being so malleable and mm-hmm. re-appropriated uh, by their fandom and remixed the same way that music you know, mm-hmm. began to be remixed in the 90s, sampled, you know, mm-hmm. he, he says DJ Litbox, you know, something, he always <laughs> fixes Miaville's like curvy plot lines or something, yeah. you know, and so, and he sort of paints this picture of a world where the author is not the be all end all say the author is dead the author well not dead but just another (laughs) like maybe a slightly stronger voice in the world but not the only one and and certainly not even the strongest one in some cases uh that's that feels pretty new at least you know historically right that our 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 ability to appreciate that happening i mean i'm sure it happened in other eras like shakespeare for instance well shakespeare being dramatic works are a little bit different in terms of that yeah but um i mean it's it's worth noting that shakespeare ripped off 90 percent of his plates wow um and that's that's a rough i mean i'm I'm working on the collection of and i think actually grab grab one of them because i bought amy one for her birthday or anniversary or something Mm -hmm. Um, the sources of Shakespeare. Ah, um, and so so already it was it was sort of a practice, and we we sort of constructed this idea of the the monolithic author. Um, there's something sad about it, though. I mean, the writers in that room were indignant. <laughs> they were quite prickly yeah. after his after his assertion of their their impotence. Well, I think um, part of the monolithic author came from the idea of you know we're now printing words. Yeah. Once upon a time, you know, the only thing we had was was a, the ability to tell each other stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I could do whatever I wanted to the story that you told me. Um, so the author was was nothing. It was conveying the story, which was more important, and adding mm-hmm. my own idea to it was wasn't strange at all mm-hmm. um so i think the the it's it's of course not a not a finality but the um sort of permanence yeah. comparatively of the written to, word to modernism is a yeah. big part of it as well yeah um and, and a worry that that arises for me there of course is um the the meaning and the and the sort of your sense of like what is a well told story does that does that seem to be in some way universal so you know you're, you're right mm-hmm. like you might go to a story and be like, hey, I really didn't like how, you know, Star Trek Into Darkness 
was was written, right? We're, we're done with that. So I didn't like start how Star Trek into darkness. Or or what I was saying. I actually this is the first time I had this this thought after watching a film the other day. Yeah. I finally watched Dead Poet Society for the first time. Yeah. Oh, Which I don't know first if, time. I know. Wow. Now it's probably. I still haven't seen Labyrinth. It's it's probably not as good as you remember. I watched it recently. I watched it right after Robin Williams died, and I still really liked it. Really, really. Despite the just like the rampant like there's cultural appropriation, misogyny. I'm like, not. Really I'm not saying it's an appropriate. Done story. I'm not saying it's an appropriate <laughs> film. I'm not saying it. You know, just because you pass the Bechdel test doesn't mean you're a feminist film. Um, and that one doesn't. Because no, it's doesn't. All, no, it's all men. Um, I'm just saying that, like, as as a film, I still I still will watch and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of like wanted to do, you know, like an updated recut that has more Robin Williams that cuts out like a couple of the secondary characters. Yeah. You know, that just like trims the movie in certain ways that makes it more contextually relevant yeah. now. But. I, I realized I'd never had that urge before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, you want to write fan fiction. I, I, I do want to cycle back to uh, the narrative. I have, I have volume two of the narrative and dramatic sources of Shakespeare, ah. um, which covers six plays out of his 30-something plays. Oh, my God. Um, these are some of the comedies. But like it literally shows you the texts that he stole from. Um, not in terms of like stealing dialogue, but in stealing these stories and things like that. Wow. And so, well, and most of his stories yeah. are based off of like uh, you know history or or mythological. Yeah, but other other things huh. that existed before. And so was he? Uh, sorry, was was Shakespeare the J.J. Abrams of his day? No, um, no. Well, well, because I would argue, I would argue, JJ Abrams doesn't was do he the same the, thing. Well, was he the Quentin Tarantino? Maybe of his day. He may have been the Tarantino. Okay, of his day. that's yeah. a better association. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I want to cycle back a little bit to to headcanons and talk about this because I think yeah, I sure. think there's something really interesting with the Harry Potter fandom that you brought up yesterday when we were chatting about this. Um, was that there's there's a movement, a community in the the Harry Potter fandom that has recast um, Hermione is is that is that a good word recast yeah Hermione. recasting so um, there are a lot of people out there if you look very closely in the text of, of Harry Potter pretty much the entirety of the series Hermione is only described as a as a girl with big teeth and bushy hair and that's it. Um, I it might say bushy brown hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of people out there that have that have cast her in their minds as um, you know, some some sort of person of color. Oh. Um, which is really great, and they do the same to Harry. The only person that's ever really described specifically, I think, is Ron. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's being, white he's with a freckles. Ginger. He's, he's a ginger. ginger. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Harry's described as having messy black hair and having a scar on his head, hmm. and that's it. They never address um, you know, color otherwise. Um, and you know, we were all originally, and it was a, a, an enormous to do, and it still kind of is. Originally in the movies, Lavender Brown, um, mm-hmm. who ends up being a love interest of Ron's mm-hmm. in the later fourth, years, fifth, 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 sixth, fifth? I can't yeah. remember. Huh. Um, originally in all of the credits, she was cast as, as a as a you know a, a person of color. Mm-hmm. She was a black girl, mm-hmm. um, and then she was recast when she it became evident that she was going to have a larger role, and she's a she's a white girl. Uh, yeah, yeah. You made made that noise. Yeah, Yeah, so that's, I mean, um, because really the only, Dean Thomas Mm -hmm. and Blaise Zambini are the only real, like, people of color cast in the the films. films. Um, Mm -hmm. The only other, I mean, Luna Lovegood, it specifically states that she's, like, 
I believe that she's, you know, she's blonde and she's essentially so pale that she's mm-hmm. see-through. Um, hmm. I think she's blonde hair and blue eyes is what they say. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of hard to get that in a, in a person of color. But, um, so a lot of people have been trying to reclaim and there's some, you know, there's some really good art that has come out of it. And if you, if you, if you're on Tumblr very much, um, recently there was a, there was a blackout, um, hashtag blackout was a, a big deal that happened where people would revlog, um, you know, not white people, mm-hmm. but people of color, you know, mm-hmm. selfies yeah. and art and, um, things like that. And I saw some really great, yeah. some really great Harry Potter stuff that hmm. day. Um, and it was, you know, really enjoyable because I actually, you know, honestly prefer, that headcanon as a matter of fact <laughs> there was someone trying to produce some sort of um backlash to it and where they where they 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 drew something fan art which isn't you know similar but different from mm-hmm. fan fiction um where it's hermione or someone who's meant to be hermione complaining that like she's from britain so obviously she's white and uh that is not accurate <laughs> britain, <laughs> that's not at all obvious <laughs> britain yeah. is, a, is a more more different place not just white people there um yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was. Well, it's just a, it's just an interesting sort of thing, and you know there are all sorts of directions you can take with this. Like, oh, in my head canon, um, so and so is queer, mm-hmm. and my head canon, so and so is autistic, mm. and my head canon, you know, you know, whatever, you know, so and so is bipolar, so and so has schizophrenia. There's all sorts of like, if you can see yourself in that person, you have the right to do that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's that's comforting in a lot of cases, hmm. um, because a lot of people don't go out of their way to write, you know, characters that are autistic or mm-hmm. bipolar or schizophrenic, and then sure. that opens a discussion about whether we should, you know, yeah. which we should, but. Not a discussion. It's me telling you that you ought to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it shows the broader range of, of human yeah. capability. The, I mean, these characters don't have to be white and straight, and, right? And like we're yeah. yeah I mean, we, yeah, like we are. are we're much more, and, and that's what the you know truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> you know, the world is far more interesting than we could ever write it to be. Uh, we're just trying to capture some kind of a, a glimpse or a glimmer of that, but. We can do a little bit better job. Of yeah, that. We, can, we can do a lot better. <laughs> well, speaking of, of uh, writing a little bit of that, okay, is, this, is this this thing? Yeah, I think okay. uh, we've been we queued it up a little bit, or we teed it up. Kevin, um, how many years ago did you dive into the realm uh, of fan fiction? Fourteen to fifteen years ago. Wow. Um, I went. Uh, I was I I was getting into fan fiction. Um, I discovered fanfiction.net. I read tons of fan fiction. Um, I read it from these people. Who, who liked the things I did. Um, mm. and, and growing up a nerd, sometimes it's hard to find the people who like the things you do. Um, and so the fact that when, when, I was, when I was writing this piece, I wrote a thing, um, the TV sh- my favorite TV show wasn't on the air anymore. It hadn't mm. been on it for years. Um, it was called The Tomorrow People. And it had been on Nickelodeon for like one summer. And I fell in love with it. It was an amazing show. And it, it hit all the right notes for me. And I loved it. And then they canceled it. And I, I later paid someone on the internet to copy video VHS cassettes of them and mail them to me oh. um, so that I could have them. Um, that's sort of like the level of my fandom. But this isn't something I talked to people at school about or I enjoyed with anybody else. Nobody really got it or knew of it. Like I'd say, hey, I'm a thing, I'm a thing. And they're like, I don't know that thing. Yeah. Um, and so the fan fiction community is where I really got to explore those characters more beyond the dozen or two dozen episodes that existed mm-hmm. um and and additionally uh, at the same time i was also really into the highlander um <laughs> just the original movie uh, that's how i got into queen because they did the soundtrack yeah. for highlander the yep. first cd i ever burned was the soundtrack to highlander 
um, plus wow. a couple extra Queen songs. Um, I still had, it, I still have it somewhere. I think it says Highlander plus because I added some more Queen songs that I thought fit. <laughs> um, and apparently, I was also into Patrick Swayze's Ghost. And I say apparently, um, I, I remember enjoying the movie and watching it a few times. But I say apparently because um, I I wrote this thing, and let me find the description I wrote of oh, it. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, it was a okay. This is this is just straightforward. It's called Ghost on the Brain. Period, because I put a period in the title. Um, Keep in mind, I'm 13, 14 when I wrote this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally published October 23rd, 2000, and uh, last chapter was updated March 9th, 2001. Uh, Ghost on the Brain, a Highlander, Tomorrow People, and Ghost, the movie, crossover. Um, I wrote this, I remember writing this. I remember knowing this existed, and that's kind of why I went out looking for it this morning. Um, and I remembered it was Highlander and the Tomorrow People and a third thing. Huh. Did not remember the third thing was Ghost. <laughs> Um, so, like, I, I think the thing we should do at this point, it's only 1,300 words long, I think I should just open it up and read it to all you people. Um, it is rated, it's rated, it's rated, it's rated K+, so it's going to be safe for work, probably. Strange, strange rating system. K means acceptable for everyone on fanfiction.net. Yeah. K plus is like PG. I don't remember the past there. I don't remember. Either, I remember it being a big deal when they stopped allowing NC um, seventeen. Yeah, here's some more some more fan fiction terminology. If uh, a, a fic had had naughty things in it, uh, <sighs> they were called lemons and limes. Uh, lemon was for straight uh, written porn, mm-hmm. and limes were for uh, queer. Uh, there's some sort of disagreement on that. At one point, mm-hmm. it came, it broke down that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Once upon a time, it was like lemon was for non kinky stuff, and lime was for kinky stuff. So it depends on who you ask and yeah. how old they are, um, and when they really got into fan fiction. You know their answer to that question. But lemons yeah. and limes, you could have a whole fruit salad. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, they yeah fan fiction no, not net no longer allows anything explicit. Um, uh, that's part of their is, rules. Which is part of why Ao3 opened um, archive of our own. It was like a response to it. Um, there, I, I remember also adultfanfiction.net. Adultfanfiction.net is still out there, but it was more specifically meant for porn. Uh, um, whereas Ao3 is just like grown ups who don't want to read little kids fanfiction anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the, the thing. The like, option for more th- explicit things, if necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's that's the distinct difference there. Um, fanfiction.net is really uh, like meant to be for. I'm not going to say for children, but mm-hmm. for younger but is, people. But it's populated by younger. It children. is populated by younger people. Um, yeah. whereas, um, you know, adult fanfiction.net is really meant to be like, this is going to be porn. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas AO3 is, um, just sort of the modern, you know, there are, it's not full, it's not chock full of, full of little kids and there's stuff there that, you know, someone, because of course at my age, you know, when I started reading and writing fanfiction, you know, I'm 26 now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've grown up. I don't want to publish on fanfiction.net anymore. If I decided to write something, I would want it to be on AO3 because that's where the other 26 year olds are. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, anywho. Okay, I'm going to read this thing. This is uh, not this is not Leonard or Lime. I have uh, not opened this in yeah. a very long time. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, I'm really excited, though. Uh, okay. Is there an author's note at the beginning? There is. Good. Um, there, is there is a disclaimer. Um, only only Alex is mine. There's a strong chance Alex is going to be a Gary Stu sort of a character. Oh, and we'll talk about that in a yeah. minute. Um, disclaimer, uh. only Alex is mine. Everyone else belongs to other people. Uh, yes, I know there was no one else yet, but you will just have to wait. So this is chapter one of three. Oh, um, oh God. 
don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, Kevin. Do we, can, we, can we not look at you? Do you um, no, it's okay. Okay, okay, it's okay. Um, I'll look at Wall. Uh, Felicity. Alexander strolled around the corner into the middle of the battle he was trying to record. This is not the way to be ins- inconspicuous, he told himself. He caught a glance from Yabor's watcher and stepped back behind the wall. The only problem was he had just lost sight of them again. He had to go back out there. Just as he began to move to a slightly more open spot, Fioman's scythe came spinning through the air in his direction. All he felt was cold steel against skin. Then he blacked out. Uh, this next part is in bold, um, so I'm assuming it's it's narratively different. <laughs> did he have any ID on him? Nothing but the tattoo, sir. Dang, where did you find him? On the corner of 51st and Ivory, the wound was a few hours old at the time. What on earth could have made this kind of cut? I don't know, sir. Has anybody else seen him? No. Then take the body to the morgue, and this never happened. Yes, sir. Okay, we're back into italics. <laughs> Where am I? How did the fight end? Who won? Why am I in this box? Alex stood up and suddenly felt two feet to the floor. He turned around and saw what looked like a wall of filing cabinets. It actually says filling cabinets, but mm-hmm. we're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. What am I doing at the morgue, he thought. A tall, sandy-haired man walked in from another room and started towards the back wall. Excuse me, but how did I get here, he asked the man, but he just brushed by. Okay, let's see why you're dead, the man said while pulling out one of the bodies. (laughs) Alex walked over to where the man was standing, looked at the body, and immediately wished he hadn't. What he saw was his body with a gash down his torso. If that's me, then I I must be, he stammered, a ghost! (laughs) That That is part of the first... Um, it's actually I, labeled part the first. Can I read the second part? Sure. Yay. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know where this is going. I'm, you know. I mean, most, this is this is yeah. fairly typical fan fiction stuff so far. Yeah, this is. I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff can be can be more thought out than this. But like thirteen year olds. I'm, I'm impressed with uh, myself at thirteen. Yeah, I know. It's not terrible. Like, there's an actual narrative there. You're holding yeah. something together. Yeah. Um, but some you know some stuff is written on a on a almost professional level, and we can even talk about that in a minute. Oh too. yeah, but, definitely. But oh, now, part the second. Part the second. Labeled part the second. Oh, this can't be happening to me. Does anybody know why I'm dead? Why I'm still here? I know you have a lot of questions. A dark-skinned man said as he came from an alley. That's what I'm here for. Who are you? (laughs) You did. (laughs) Continue, please. Who are you? And how can you see me? Alex asked. My name is Kamali Zo. You may call me Cam, and I am the guide of the spirits. It is my job to train you and to help you fulfill your task. You will need to learn to identify others of your type and those who understand you. Others? Alex asked. And what do you mean, my task? Other ghosts. And your task is your job to complete before you may pass into the other world. As for those who understand, you are mostly psychics. As for those who understand, you are mostly psychics. But true psychics are few and far between. Until you can fully use your powers, they will be your connection to the real world. A single psychic will often bond with a ghost and become their psychic friend, so to speak. Wow! Alex exclaimed. This is all going so fast! 
It is okay. My partner has begun training of a psychic that became aware of his powers just recently, and you too will make a great team. Where is he, and what's his name? His name is Kevin Wilson. He is currently on an island in the South Pacific, but he lives in London. London! How am I supposed to get there? That will be your first lesson. You are not really here. This is only the place where you believe you are. To go somewhere else, you must focus on the place you want to go. It will be easier going somewhere you have already been. I will help you now, since this is your first time. Now, look deeply into my eyes. Alex reluctantly did as he was told, and then he just wasn't there anymore. Wow. Um, oh boy, Kevin. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, uh, I mean, so so Kevin, the character, which is probably why I didn't name the character of my story Alex, was one of the main characters on Tomorrow People. Kevin Wilson? Um, yeah. Is, is yeah. Tomorrow, okay. uh, that's, he's, he's a he's Tomorrow, a tomorrow person. person. Yeah. Um, and that's that was, I'm, I mean, all of this is coming back to me in kind of a rush. Whoa. Because um, he was, uh, so I mean, obviously the Whoopi Goldberg stand-in from The Ghost, like that's the connection. Yeah. Um, I'm, Except I you made him a guy. So, well, I know. Yeah. But I apparently had a pretty strong... Uh, uh, mythology for this thing so far. I don't yeah, know I mean, um, theoretically, the beginning sounds kind of like Dead Like Me. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Which, which I don't think yeah. I can see at this no, point. I don't, I don't know if it was even it was out, out at that yeah. point, yeah. but uh, the beginning sounds very similar. Um, uh, part the third? Part the third. There's another disclaimer. It says, if you recognize the name, it's, it's probably not mine. Um, <laughs> Alex felt like he was being ripped apart with a pair of tweezers, Adam by Adam. It didn't hurt. It just felt like being in two places at once. He later learned that in a sense he was. Then in an instant it was over and all that was left was a tingling behind his left ear, which soon faded too. How was it? Asked Cam. Weird, Alex replied. (laughs) Hmm, I'll have to look into that. But did it work? Have a look around. Alex did and indeed he was in his living room with Cam on the couch. This is too weird. First, this guy tells me I'm a ghost, then I'm instantly back at my house. Who is this guy? He voiced his question. As I said before, I am Kamali Zoe, the spirit guide, and you must really calm down, Mr. Graham. Why don't you have something to drink? He snapped his fingers, and they were both holding a glass of lemonade. Is that better? Now sit down. Alex did and began asking questions. What do you want from me? Ah, but I do not ask anything of you. It is the worlds themselves that want your services. You have been charged with a quest, the likes of which I do not even know. You will have two companions along the way, the first of which being Kevin Wilson. Alas, the second has not revealed himself yet, and time, uh, and we will have to begin his training even later. Yet, and time, I can't... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, grammar. <laughs> I not quite edit this one. No. Uh, what training? It begins now. At that instant, Alex's fingers slipped through the glass he was holding, and it dropped. He attempted to catch it, but to no avail. You must realize you are dead and cannot control anything. Besides, why would you want to drink lemonade? You wouldn't even be able to taste it. Anyway, we must focus on the important things. We have very little time. It took me long enough to find you. Do you realize that you don't show up on our radar? We've taken so long already. We must see Kevin now. With that, they were in a hospital room where a 10-year-old boy was in a coma. Is this him? Alex said. Yes, we had to put him into a comatose state to improve his training speed. His friends are coming now. I will return. And with that, he was gone. Alex waited quietly in the room while Adam, Megabyte, and 
Ami. Megabyte was totally Ami. the character's name. Not <laughs> these are all Amy. It's just Amy. Amy, just yeah. Amy. Oh, okay. I remember all of these things. Came in, <laughs> came in and looked at Kevin and and thought, uh, and then without any sort of like. <laughs> like change in how it looks or anything like that it just says that's it for now i can't decide who the third person will be in your reviews submit ideas i totally, I totally remember that make somebody yeah. up or don't i will contact you if you win the prize is to show up in a future fic the better the name the better the part yeah that's um yeah that's, that was wow. that was part of the third was oh it. my god um, yeah I, didn't, I totally didn't have a third like i was like oh you yeah. should have three people it should be you and two companions and i didn't yeah. have a third one well, it worked for jk rolling um, it, it totally did. It did. Um, yeah, that was that was not as terrible as I feared. Uh, no, no. Good job, Kevin, from yeah. job, Kevin. 15 years ago. Good job, 13-year-old Kevin. Yeah. Um, you know, Megabyte was actually... I mean, this, it tells you how 90s the show was. There, there was a well, character named Megabyte. There was a character named, named Megabyte. Megabyte, yeah. Yeah, um, it feels really And I still work with people who don't know what a Megabyte is. <laughs> yeah. Ow. Um, Aww. <laughs> not many. But so uh, I I just got I get I guess I have to show you all this. Yeah, um, yours is super actually, long though. I put some images into oh, my wow. uh, Word okay. document. This is this is a. Uh, oh, it's a Star Trek fic. Too. It is oh, yeah. a Star Trek fic. Oh, you know what? Let's let's step backwards for a minute. Yeah, uh, step please. Kevin, I'll look through here and see if there's. Kevin a, mentioned yeah. a Gary Stu. Um, yeah, we should talk about the original. Those. Yeah. The original phraseology there is is Mary Sue. Um, it was originally coined, I guess, out of the. Star Trek fandom. I think that's where it started. That was when the first satire. I knew, I knew the, them all from Harry Potter. Like. Uh, well, the original, the first Mary Sue satire fic uh, to come out was in a Star Trek zine, and it was called A Trekkie's Tale. Okay. Very, oh. very short. It's about a girl whose name I can't remember right now, but she is 15 and a half, and everyone loves her madly, and she runs the ship when everyone gets sick, and she's half Vulcan, and then she dies, and everyone's very sad. Um, and this happens in like three paragraphs. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know it's meant to be a farce, but yeah. I'm not sure that she wasn't named Mary Sue, so hmm. I don't know where that sort of that sort of phraseology uh, came from. But a Mary Sue is is a is a self insertion character in SI, um, where they are they are perfect in some way and in every, uh, way. <laughs> in every way, and if they have failings, they're charming and uh, endearing. They're not a, a human fault. Yeah. Um, Usually, also significantly um, unique in appearance. Yeah, there's usually like purple eyes or um, you know naturally white blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Things like that are, are, are strange, you know, common. Um, and usually, they're in love with you know the favorite character, and mm-hmm. you know they love them back, and or they're being fought over it's over two OTP, people. It sounds yeah. like it sounds like Twilight a little, honestly. Now that I'm now that I'm saying it <laughs> we're thinking about. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> well, there's there's actually been a lot of arguments that uh, Bella Swan was yeah. an author insert sort of a Mary Sue character. That's true. Um, it also reminds me if you ever, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and define crack fic too. Crack fic is fic that is is written to be funny. Um, if someone goes through and and sets up all, you can. Uh, divide fanfiction.net and AO3 based off of pairing. Um, so you can go through and especially on fanfiction.net, select one character and then a second character and then just see what the hell comes up. Yeah. Um, All yeah, the stories you know, about those two characters. Yeah, yeah. And a, and a crack writer might go through and like write something that's um, so out of character or um, mm-hmm. you know, it's or like, oh, there's no one that's written a a Dobby Dumbledore fic yet. I can do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Have at it. So um, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and mention My Immortal because it's so funny. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I've never actually tracked it down. I have, I've oh, my God. I've, I've read it. Um, I, need, I need to. Uh, my Immortal is a, a Harry Potter fan fiction. I use the term Harry Potter and also fan fiction very loosely in this situation. Um <laughs> 
I don't remember something. It's her name is awful, and it's about being gothic and um, brooding, and uh, everybody goes by different names. So like Harry's vampire. Anyway, it's called My Immortal. Uh, you can it's definitely a veiled it's a, Harry you Potter can fan definitely fan. find it on the internet. It is out there for you. Uh, <laughs> um, so I I always kind of assumed it was a crack fic and a and a pretty well written one because it made people so mad. And that's oftentimes the goal of a crack fic. You're either trying to upset people uh, or Ebony. make them laugh. That's, Ebony, that's Ebony, Ebony Darkness, Darkness Dementia, Dementia Ravenwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she misspells Ebony a lot. Yeah, so Enabi. Enabi, yeah. Enabi. Um, anyway, that's sort of like a famous example of a of a what I assume to be a crack fic. Um, I hope it's a crack fic. <laughs> if not, not, it's a really good example a really of a Mary Sue self-insertation. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I think yeah. it's interesting that you think it was a crack fit because I totally thought it was super real. Oh, no, I definitely think it was a crack fit because is it only gets weirder as time goes on. Okay. Like, I've, I've only read, like, Yeah, if you, bits. if you, I mean, it just gets super, super strange, like, so okay. strange that I don't think that anyone... So, so one of the good hallmarks, if you're writing a really good fan fiction, mm-hmm. even if you take the characters, um, like, The Hobbit's really popular right now in Lord of the Rings stuff, people will um, take those characters and then drop them somewhere in the modern day. Sure. Um... You know, as as some kind of character. What um, if it were like? Yeah, like what if? And and the goal in those cases, the the hallmark of a really good fanfic is that everyone is still in character. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may be warned when you read a fanfic that characters may be OOC, which is out of character. Mm-hmm. It's not really a sign of a good a good fanfiction. Like you need to have <laughs> a really good reason before you do that. Um, because at that point you made it as well just be writing like literature. Fiction. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's something to, so that's the hallmark of a good fanfic. Like it doesn't matter where you take the characters or what you do with them. You've created a, you know, either the character has been created for you or mm-hmm. you've, you know, elaborated on an existing character and uh, it, you know, that person, once that character is created, stays in that character. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the, that's, a, that's a good yeah. fan fiction. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. So that's why I think it's I think it's a crack fic because it only gets like more and more surreal as time okay. goes on. Like it's not just like mo- like the first chapter I will concede is like oh maybe this is just like some eleven year old who really wants to dye her hair black mm-hmm. and, and um, live in Harry Potter. Yeah, but as it as it moves further along, like you become yeah <laughs> you become aware that I, I it it must be a farce. That's the only way. Okay. Yeah. At least I hope. That's that's my hope. Well, just just another example of yeah, Poe's so. law. There's no satire that's uh, too extreme for someone to believe it. Yeah, exactly. Because um, <laughs> I, I believed it. Yeah. Um, well, and that's just my hope. I don't think we've yeah. been internet like the internet has not come out and yeah. given me a, a really good answer on that anymore. But I think I think Mary Sue's speak to something really interesting. That's that's a deeper level of kind of what fanfic is about, which is about that ownership um, and the ownership of these creative works. Um, and being able to take them and say this is mine and this is what I think should have happened or would have happened and if I were there even th- everything would have even been even better yeah um, and so, so they, they kind well, of or, or I was wish <clears throat> I wish I was there doing the thing oh sure like mm-hmm. oh my god we all wish we had gotten our Hogwarts letters yep. right we yep. all we all wanted to go to Hogwarts <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be the to captain to of a starship yeah, yeah. I, I wrote myself yeah. into this like and world right yeah. and I, I think that's <laughs> you know super something that's really powerful um and that I think fan fiction gets overlooked because of that, because it's like, oh, it's not original, or, oh, it's silly. Or it's written by women. Or it's written by women, uh, um, That's and that's certainly used to be dismissive, and that sucks. Uh, um, and, I, and it's like, I know people who look down on fan fiction as, as not, as lesser, 
um, and even Amazon takes it to the point of their shared worlds thing, where you can so authors can it's it's kind of like commoditized fan fiction. And shared world was such a big deal when it came out, and and it kind of failed. It did. Um, if shared worlds is a way that you could sort of self publish. Huh. through Amazon. Mm-hmm. It was basically a way so the, the the more traditional way I guess of sharing fanfics to read on e-readers is um, a PDF file. Mm-hmm. It's really straightforward. Um, but Amazon was like, well people are writing this stuff in their own literature and things like that. We um, should profit off of it. We should, pro- we should profit off of it. Like let's you know, make somebody charge 99 cents for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still like if you hop on Amazon and you like go into the ebook section and you're like, I want to find some some you know mom romance you're gonna find it for Mm -hmm. like 99 cents for like eight books or something um and uh we'll get into mom romance novels here in a minute because oh looking looking forward to it right now yeah Yeah. mom romance novels so uh your my mom didn't but your mom might have read 50 shades of gray and uh maybe your sister maybe your girlfriend Maybe you. You might have read Fifty Shades of Grey. I might have. Maybe. I, I did I not. not. I did not. I've read um, most of Twilight. Well, the, read, it's the first book. I read yeah. I read all of Twilight except for the last book. I was in Italy, and I couldn't find anything to read in English. Uh-huh. And in the, like, school, li- like, the shared, like, take a book, leave a book mm-hmm. library, they had Twilight. Sure. <laughs> and the last book had not been published yet. So I, <laughs> I read the first You didn't go out to three. seek it out after the No, I, I did not. I did eventually see it... Uh, see the movie and it's there's a massive like vampire fight at the end and molly i i saw it with my friends i was like this is incredible like i had no idea that this happened in the book and then it turned out that it was just like uh, someone psychically suggesting to someone that that's what would happen if they <laughs> took a particular action i was like oh i'm very disappointed that uh, <laughs> all these vampires didn't die didn't, didn't kill um, but if you have read 50 shades of gray you have read possibly the most famous fan fiction out there. What? Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is a Twilight fan fiction. Mm-hmm. It was originally published in the name uh, Master of the Universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is it? Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele are uh, Edward and Bella. Edward and Bella Swan, yeah. Yep. I, they always had that kind of a vibe to me. Intentionally. In the, in the so, trailer. Well, well when know? the movie was being um, announced, the the, there were a lot of people who really wanted... Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson oh my to God. play but the role. That you would ever, be great. Like, have you ever talked oh to Robert? God. Like, if you ever look at stuff where Robert Pat- Pattinson is talking about Twilight, like, no one does upset with himself as he is. <laughs> oh. Like, precious baby. He, he ruined my um, career. He's hey, sorry. No, he Kristen, made him millions of dollars. Yeah. Well, um, Kristen Stewart is doing great. Like, yeah, no, Kristen Stewart's well, rocking it out. Way to go, Kristen. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, what's interesting, and, and, and I think it's worth mentioning because I actually had this pulled up earlier this week. Um, is that the the fan fiction history of it, which is to say that E.L. James wrote it, wrote Fifty Shades, as Bell and Edward fan fiction, yep. uh-huh. like without question. Like the the major differences there were just that their their names were different. Um, all the plot points are still the same. So again, we're talking about sort of an alternate universe where he's setting. not necessarily yeah. a vampire, and she's yeah, not, she's the story necessarily didn't happen, but it's the same characters. Huh. Theoretically, they should have, if it was a good fan fiction, yeah. they should have stayed in character, and to be honest, I haven't read Fifty Shades of Grey, so I can't say for sure, mm-hmm. um, but I also don't condone Fifty Shades of Grey in general. So. Well, there's there's reasons for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's, yeah. There's, there's reasons, I've, I've actually, not having read it, I've read some really compelling arguments both for and against it. The um, issue, I, I think it portrays a really dangerous view of the BDSM mm-hmm. lifestyle. It does. It does. And right. I don't feel comfortable with that. And that's and that's a very good reason not to like it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's It's interesting because there's a, a cartoonist, um, and I'm totally making her, Erica Moen, um, who does a comic I really enjoy 
um, called Ojoy Sex Toy. Yes, Mom, I read this comic. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but she, she talks about that in one of her in one of her comics. And sort of, then she talks, well, it's, it's popcorn. It's not meant to be real. And people who are actually involved in BDSM and who even, like the first thing you look into if you look into BDSM after reading Fifty Shades of Grey is that that is nothing like what it's actually yeah. like. And so yeah. she's like, that, that's safe. And then what's interesting is she also does then a critique of what many people would be a very, consider a very good portrayal of BDSM and that subculture in the film Secretary. Yeah. Um, and she actually points out that, no, the difference is Secretary is just well made. Yeah. It, it has just as many problems with consent and mm-hmm. agreement beforehand and safety and things and like that. Aftercare and, and aftercare. And, you know, um, things that make a safe BDSM yes. relationship. Um, and she's like, we just accept one because it's well made and condemn another because it's not. Yeah. Well, um, we can mm-hmm. even bounce back to, you know, the fact that it was fan fiction. I don't know. Yeah, we should get Secretary. back to that. <laughs> well, <laughs> the fact that it was fan fiction, the fact that it was, I don't know anything about Secretary. Was it written by a woman, by a man? Who I don't have any really idea. Who did the thing? Yeah. Let's ask Mr. Internet or Mrs. Internet. Um, the gender neutral internet. The mm-hmm. internet. My good friend Google, as I tell people. <laughs> Let me ask my good friend Google. Um, directed by Steven Scherenberg. That's, that's probably a man. Yes. Um, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to say for sure. No, no. we don't know. Definitely yeah. uh, representing his. Um, writers Aaron. Chrisidia Wilson, um, Aaron, based, Aaron spelled E-R-I-N, E-R-I-N. Okay. Right. Um, based on a short story by Mary Gateskill. Well, so that's interesting. So that's, that's good, huh. but it's still it's. I mean, even if, even in that case, I feel yeah. like it's, it happens a lot where it's a, a female written story and then directed by men. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fifty Shades of is is fan fiction and and very very lightly edited for publication um, in terms of like changing the name and as little else as possible. Yeah. Wow. Because it was just an incredibly popular fanfic. I don't even know if it was incredibly I, popular as a fanfic. I assume it was incredibly popular because it went on to be, you know, mm-hmm. how did it? Really yeah, like, like what? What? Get, because well, it is such an exception. Like, what? What crossed? Why did it cross that barrier? Right between worlds. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think my general lack of interest in Fifty Shades of Grey has left me yeah. other than like this this tr- this tidbit that I mm-hmm. tell people. Because I want to shock them. Yeah. Um, One thing that's, that's worth noting is that the publishers and, and James's um, uh, agent have actually downplayed that history quite a bit. Um, and Which sort is of part of why we might not have that information, yeah. honestly. If they mm-hmm. went out and hand-founded or mm-hmm. you know something like and that. They, they kind of want to say, well, it kind of started off there, but it, oh, it no, dramatically it is, changed. Yeah. But they've also, like, they scrubbed it from the internet. Yeah. Oh really? Like, it's oh, yeah. very there's difficult no, to find. Yeah, wow. there's no. It's very difficult to find an original copy of, of huh. Masters of the Universe. Boy, which so is that... not what I expected to be a He-Man fan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe that's in there somewhere, maybe, and then we don't know. We maybe. don't have the original. So, kind of, you know, getting it back to more of a, I don't know, not really philosophical, but just like overarching context of human history type of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? that we will preserve great works of fan fiction that are, you know, adored by millions of fans nowadays alongside the works that they are derived from. I think that in a lot of cases they they should. Um, I've written fan fiction that was better than the original, you know, written work um, that is definitely happened Mm -hmm. um there's also you know there's gonna be fan fiction written off of tv shows Mm -hmm. and movies and things like that sure um but 
I think the is the issue there is that you're you're reaching a smaller audience just as a general rule. Like even uh, you know, oh, I'm a nerd. I'm gonna read this nerd thing or <laughs> mm, watch this nerd duh. thing or or whatever. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily extend into well, I read fan fiction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you you ate you know you alienate people in the fan fiction community if it's not a ship that they like. You know, there's so much out there that you can really pick and shipping. choose. We should talk shipping. That's a big deal. But there's so much out there. Like unless you have um, unless you're in a very small uh fandom community. Or you ship a really specific ship, which, uh, sorry, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, there's a lot out there for you to read. Like, sure. if you, if you, especially, the, there was a big, big to-do, um, the Harry, Hermione shippers fighting the Harry, the, the Ron, Hermione mm. shippers. And we'll talk ships. So, quick, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I think, ship is, is short no, for no, no. relationship. Well, we, which we talked about at the very beginning. The, the, um, well, we talked head. about Slash and Head. We talked about Slash and Head. Mm-hmm. We didn't necessarily talk about ships. I didn't define it at that point. Uh, well, um, I guess both of them are, are ships. Yeah, right? they're both they're ships. Of, so yeah. it's a ship is short for relationship, and there's a lot of, of really hilarious puns based off of, like, real ships that are, like, out in the ocean. Yeah. And, and, um, ship and shipping. Yeah. yeah, I ship that. Um, and uh, if you have your favorite ship, uh, the ship to end all ships, it will be your OTP, your one true pair. Oh, um, not your flagship? Come on. <laughs> OTP, OTP. Is, uh, is a very important thing. Um, but so so shipping is, is a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. people are, are very divided over issues and especially like, you know, Harry Potter before we had any sort of, you know, conclusion. It seemed like it could have gone either way. I honestly was like team Hermione goes off and finds herself a guy who's who's not an asshole uh-huh. um, also a good ship <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but you know there's 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 so much there's so much stuff out there like mm-hmm. if I shipped Harry and Hermione I could literally probably read a fic a day for the rest of my life and never run out and have to read a Harry you know a, a, a you know a Harry Draco fic or mm-hmm. a, or a or a Ron Hermione like I could literally go or my Hermione whole life Lu- Hermione Luna Mm. Hermione Luna is not well published. Really, really, any uh, female female slash fix are super super hmm. minor in the Harry Potter community for whatever know. reason. I, mean, I think could, I think could part be of lack of great female. Yeah, characters. you're you're left with three female characters. Really, you have Ginny and you have Luna and you have Hermione. Yeah. And um, yeah, the 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 selection is small. Yeah. So, how often? Do, okay, so so I guess I'll like. What what do you what do you see as like the when the spectrum sort of broadened out of, of like we sort of had the binary of you know gay straight male female when we started to to get like the the morphing of of different things along the gender spectra did that make its way into fanfic as well into the kinds of ships that people it seems like things get like put in buckets yeah. really we've talked a lot about a lot of buckets in fanfic it's but... super one of the things that uh so i'm gonna talk about lemon's rob Mm-hmm. Um, Les Miserables was uh, a movie and also a play and also a book. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important thing that you ought to know about the book is that, you know, in the, the first, like, freaking two-thirds is all about, like, Parisian sewer systems and how prisons work, and it's, you know, a, a tough read. Mm-hmm. But um, towards the end, there's a revolution, and it's it's led by essentially a, a big group of dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are students and um, workers and uh, they're described very minimally. Like, we get some very general description, and that's it. Um, and Les Miserables, thanks to the musical that came out in the 80s, has always had, you know, sort of a general following to it. You know, people are interested. People want to know what's going on. Um, but then the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what, two years ago now? A year uh, and a half? A year and a half? Uh, I feel like it was Christmas. It was Christmas, but it wasn't this Christmas. It was, it was a, like year, Christmas. a year and a half, yeah. 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 Um, With, um, uh, Russell Crowe and... Yeah. Um, and, Wolverine and they they pulled their Algeros from um, from Broadway yes. and mm-hmm. um, their Marius from opera and um, so we we get this 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 you know this place in the 1830s mm-hmm. um, and now this movie and it gives us a wide cast of characters that are only very very generally described in the book. And the best part about it is that because there are a whole bunch of revolutionaries in the 1830s, now if you know you take them and you put them in an alternate universe where they exist today, like you get so many, like there are some generally accepted hand ca- head cannons that most people stick with, mm-hmm. but they, in most cases, the you know if I were to rewrite the characters in, in something of my own choosing, they would be queer and colored and all sort, you know, in all sorts mm-hmm. of relationships and you know. Um, open relationships, closed relationships. Um, there's a pretty standard OT three, which is your one, two, true, like threesome pairing. Uh, um, it's and, really a pairing and, at that point, and but... uh, well, it's not really a pairing. Your shit yeah. um, uh, uh, with uh, yeah. Yeah. and Jolie and Musichetta, uh, and like that's that's a, a really common thing to do. Hmm. Um, so I think that's it. Definitely happens. I, it's harder whenever there's already an like a, a recent established like setup like harry potter is so recent to all of us that we just accept everything that's there as, mm-hmm. as, as headcanon like yeah. it's there yeah. it's headcanon um but like you know this 1830s revolution you know andras is probably a white dude and he's blah and he's good looking and that's that's what we know other mm-hmm. than you know as far as what he looks like so we're like okay um he can still be blonde but maybe he's you know, black, maybe mm-hmm. he's, you know, all, Probably. all sorts of spectrum. Um, so it's one of those things that I think that one's a big example of, um, you know, maybe he's queer, maybe he's asexual, maybe he's aromantic. Um, and there's all sorts of, you know, people who, who, who see themselves and say Angel Ross in this case, who, who's like the entire book has, and by the entire book, I really just mean like the last portion that he's in. Like <laughs> there's a, there, another character just loves him. Um, and we never see Angel Ross respond. So people are like, well, maybe he's, he's, he's asexual like Mm -hmm. I am. Like that would be incredible. Or maybe he's aromantic like I am. And that would be incredible. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe he's queer and just like not observant like I am. (laughs) That would be incredible. (laughs) So it's one of those things where, um, because we see a lot of the characters, but because they're not not defined specifically in how they look, and because we're taking them to modern day standards, they're not just like a whole bunch of schoolboys in Paris. It's really easy for people to you know set mm-hmm. them up however they want. You know, mm-hmm. oh well, I think Andros is transgender, like me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whatever whatever it is you think you see, you can see it. And I, Les Rob is just a good example because there's there's a bunch of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there's a bunch of characters to play with, and they're you know they're not well defined within yeah, the within the canon pairings and. Yeah, yeah, and there are some standards that have kind of set themselves up that, mm-hmm. that, you know, if I, you know, if you made me choose, I could be like, okay, here's the normal breakdown of a Les Miserables fan fiction, but mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not standardized. Um, there's no, because there's no final say in yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's, there's always the play. Yeah. You can always, and by play I mean like the play within the, the realms, not the play was in the play as the final word. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's not, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, do, I do like the play and I really enjoyed the movie. I guess yeah. I, so I, I still, uh, still wonder about the question. I mean, you, you sort yeah. of, you said, well, yes, they should be preserved, but. 
Like uh, we we just this seems yeah. It's, but I also, the, the I also whole, feel like the, Stephen, the, the play and the complicatedness yeah. like feels it, it feels like it's something that is always going to be richest now, right? The 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 context for, like mm-hmm. watching Tumblr, really watching anything in culture these days on the internet, it's it's richest right now. Well, and I think and trying the, to like convey that to someone farther down the line, there's so little of it that you can. That really conveys meaning across time. I think time, that's an issue you know? with the internet, not an yeah. issue with fan fiction. Yeah. It, it, well, it just... I also think it's it's a fallacy of the present, um, mm. and I, that may not be a real fallacy, but it sounds like one, so I'm going with it. Um, sort of the idea I, that, well, <laughs> I mean, the this stuff existed 20 years ago. This stuff existed pre-internet. Mm-hmm. We just weren't it aware wasn't, of it. Well, and and we've been kept unaware of it. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's you getting into historiography and the importance of of writing histories of of the non-mainstream. I mean, there's there's an amazing blog I just discovered, and I posted it on Facebook with, like, this is a cool blog. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... it's The name of the blog is Medieval People of Color. Um, Which is really good. Um, yeah. Well, and, and the, the blog is about documentation and evidence towards the fact that people of color have always existed. Um, which seems like such a like <laughs> a, such an easy statement. Um, but the the author is sort of like we have this idea of the past being all white, uh, um, except for like certain cases where it wasn't, which is, which is insane and, and yeah. crazy and and not at all true. But the the blog exists and and presents tons and tons of artwork and and documentation and evidence and she does that sometimes i'm oh. sorry <laughs> uh, that, the cat uh, that, bit me just yeah. in case the oh, listeners sorry. needed clarification <laughs> um, but, but presents all of this and and is sort of like and someone you know the, the, it boiled down to an ask this person got or a question that was given to him and ask his tumblr terminology yes uh-huh. your cat um and said you know the, the question was, because responding to some of these paintings and, and portraiture of, of people of color, how did the English people know what all black, what Africans looked like? That was the question. And the, and the, author, and the author's response was, I don't think you understand. Yeah. They were there. Yeah. They saw them. It's, That's how they looked like. This mythical existence of, of England pre-people of color never existed. doesn't matter how far back you go, you're going to find them. And then, yeah. and then the author literally listed and showed evidence of art going back about 100 years at a time, like from that era mm-hmm. and from that area, like always, always, always were there people of color yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> and before they got to England, they were in Africa. Yeah. Oh. If you want to go that far back. And and very successful kingdoms. Thank so you I very think, much. Like, I think yeah. to a certain extent this this fan fiction and this stuff that exists mm-hmm. in the marginalia might have the same battle to fight in a mm. hundred years or a thousand years. Um, it's not going to disappear. We're going to... So much of it will. 90% of everything that's been written has probably disappeared. Oh, far more than that. Um, yeah, a lot yeah. more than that. A lot more than that. <laughs> 90 sounded like a big number. I'm wrong. No. Um, and, and I think that will always continue to be the case. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think the arc of history tends towards justice, whatever that means. But I think that we're going to try and preserve more of it. And, and the patterns will change and we might see more of that. Mm-hmm. But it's also entirely possible that that doesn't happen and that, that the, the me's, the straight white men of the world mm-hmm. will continue to dominate culture for a much longer period of time. But sure. I don't think that marginalia will ever disappear. I mean, yeah, like when, when the, 
the companies that are literally determining how information is disseminated across the, the face of the internet right now are, you know, using buckets of their own choosing, right, that differ from, from these, you know, that, but they're hard-coded and supported by several billion dollars and, you know, mm -hmm. at much, much greater orders of magnitude. There are, there are sort of forces at play against these, like you said, the marginalia mm -hmm. um, that I hope will be overcome. I mean, you know, the... the the great hope of the internet was that exactly this thing would happen, that all of the stuff that had been in the shadows would be revealed, or at least could be, if, if someone cared to look for it. It would be a few fewer hops away. You know, you, yeah. you got back to that fiction that you wrote. I was half asleep. It was before coffee. I managed yeah. to find that. <laughs> like, you know, I was still in bed when I found out. I'm like, I know I've used the same email address. Like, I have. I have my, the email address that it's kind of my primary email address, I have had for at least 15 years and probably sure. longer. And I'm like, I'm sure I used that to sign in to this account. Mm -hmm. And I tried putting in my, my passwords that I would have used back then. Those didn't work. I'm like, well, reset password. There it and is. And they sent me an email and I reset my password. Um, I'm, I'm kind of... <laughs> and, and, yeah, to, to wrap up that thought, I, I think... Uh, we will just be we'll be surprised by what sticks around, and you know I would be, if we're still doing philo bad philosophy fifty years from now, it'd be funny to <laughs> come so. back around to these yeah. topics and yeah. be like, well, how easy is it to find Kevin's fan fiction? <laughs> how much do we years, remember yeah. about the Harry Potter? Like, yeah. where is the fan fiction also, even there anymore? Like, I think the other side <laughs> of that, Stephen, is I think I think we need to fight for it. I think it's mm -hmm. not just going to happen. I think we have to work towards continuing to bring these people to the forefront and these ideas and these differences. Um, and not just you and me, but you know. Well, we the, need to, that, this is yeah. the, the question: is like, yeah. yeah, who's who's fighting? I mean, Catherine, clearly, like you're you're tied into these communities. There is a lot yeah. of passion. There are people fight, but um, you know, the the what, what do you think are sort of the the forces that are you know, either with or against you in that fight? So I I think the underlying issue would be again I was I'm concerned about. Um, you know, people not caring sounds really harsh, but is very accurate. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think the the fact that you're fighting, like, if I have a, you know, I only read, you know, as far as fan fiction goes, I know I know a lot about it, mm -hmm. but I only read very specific things. Um, I know I don't, you know, I don't watch anime, for example. So mm -hmm. that's not, you know, there's a huge fan fiction community for anime. Wow, uh, enormous, and oh. I've read none of it because <laughs> it's not something that interests me. Do people um, consider it to be sort of in the same, like, I mean, vein? Still like, it's the yeah. same? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's all I read, still fan fiction. I read a bunch fiction. of DBZ fanfic back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it's all still fan fiction. It's all written in the same way, and, you know, there's there's all the same. The The overarching the overarching fact with fan fiction is it's all got the same term, terminologies to it. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe very specific, you know, sometimes they get QT ship names and things like that, but, you know, that's not any different from the tabloids. Yeah. Um, but the, the issue being, like, I'm not... If I was going to preserve fan fiction, I would not be preserving all fan fiction. Number one, mm. some fan fiction's bad. Like, <laughs> somewhere out there, there's a 12-year-old writing fan fiction, and I want you to keep writing fan fiction. Keep doing it. You keep doing that. But right now, you will look back. You will look back in two years, and you will look back in four, and you will look back in eight, and you will look back in 15, and uh -huh. you will be like, what the hell was I thinking? Um, what the hell but, were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. But I want yeah. you to keep writing it, because, yeah. you know, they're... they're that's I want how you, you get keep, good. That's mm -hmm. how you get good. That's how... I mean, a, a famous example of, of someone basically writing fan fiction is Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Neil Gaiman got to write uh, an episode of Doctor Who, and yeah. he's like, I, I love Doctor Who. I, I this is writing. Doctor Who. This yeah. is writing fan fiction for me. It was me. a great episode. It was by a the really way. great episode. It's um, the Doctor's it's, Wife. The Doctor's Wife, and uh, it's a really stellar episode. It's very uh, Gaiman esque. 
Um, and it's he was and he admits like I believe he has a Tumblr and he's involved with um, this fascinating new movement that where uh, he's you know a, a group of people is encouraging you know I want you to read read works this year by by non-white men non-white hmm. straight men what a crazy uh, idea. what a crazy idea um and you know so gay men's active on tumblr and he's like yeah fan fiction that's a that's a thing that mm-hmm. people do and you know gay men's great um it's just one of those you know that it happens like mm-hmm. there are people that you know start off writing fan fiction mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. carry on to to write big grown-up works yeah um not everyone just writes individual characters all at one time sometimes it's a challenge to start with pre-existing characters and make them as in characters possible um so keep writing definitely definitely yeah. keep writing but right now what you're writing is is it's not what <laughs> it's not going to be preserved for the ages um i think it's gonna be one of those things where there are probably thousands millions of books that have been published that you would say Catherine have you ever heard of that book and mm-hmm. I would say no absolutely not what are you talking about um yeah. and and fan fiction I feel like is going to be very similar um, I think there is going to be some preservation if nothing else nothing on the internet ever really goes away yeah. um, it's always except when it does well, <laughs> well and I, within, I, within three years 50% of links are dead it is actually quite astounding that your work was still there well, well, fan fiction, fan fiction though, has never been a, deletes like, anything. They, yeah. yeah, the only broke. thing they ever deleted was those NC seventeen fan fictions, which is yeah. like a, a a seventeen and up yeah. rating. And for those that yeah. I didn't explain it earlier, but it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's yeah. fairly this, straightforward. It's also yeah. movies. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I guess these sites are doing a pretty good job. But does the Internet Archive have a, a fan fiction archive? Not that I'm specifically aware. I, w- of. I mean, they probably the Wayback Machine gets a yeah, lot. Yeah, the Wayback Machine gets a lot of stuff. I mean, the Wayback Machine still gets Reddit. I feel like Reddit's way more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Still a lot of text though. Yeah. yeah. Well, but text easy, is cheap but, yeah. when it comes to data cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. I mean, that could be something very like in in favor of fan fiction being around yeah. fifty years from now. It's, it's just like, oh yeah, that's like your your essay is like. Yeah, three kilobytes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that and people will keep writing it. I mean, yeah. there's, not there's no stop. there's no cease in production. Um, twelve yeah. year olds and fourteen year olds and eighteen year olds and mm. you know twenty five year olds are still writing it. Yeah, I mean, people people are writing fan fiction. They're writing mm. out. I actually one of my favorite stories about fan fiction. I I don't watch The Big Bang Theory. I kind of find oh, it uh, no. conflicting I as a nerd. It. I, um, it I find it con- conflicting. Um, I'll watch some episodes, but some episodes just rub me the wrong way yeah but uh i'm i'm from dc that's where i lived before this um i was on the metro home one day and i ended up reading like two-thirds of a big bang theory fan fiction over this like middle-aged woman's shoulder um <laughs> and uh, i don't remember specific plot points did but... you did you like introduce yourself or no, no you don't talk to people on the train yeah no you don't you don't talk to people on the train okay um and you know big Bang. you know it wasn't my fandom anyway i wasn't mm-hmm. i wasn't that invested um but i just thought it was very interesting like um, she was a little younger than my mom. She was probably, you know, very late thirties, somewhere in her forties, mm-hmm. more likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just reading like this, um, Sheldon, Amy, Farrah Fowler fanfic. And, um, I, I ship it. Good. Mm-hmm. The, good. I'm I, glad you do. I do. Uh, <laughs> almost as much. I mean, for a long time, I didn't nerd out about a show that a lot of nerds don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheldon and Penny ship is a huge ship in the fan it's a world. really big ship it's that's a, a big, big ship like it's it's been addressed on the show yeah like how big it's, a, it is. it's a big ship there are a lot of people that would really um, like it if they would but they would, no i'm, I'm all about eric fanny fowler well i think i think they're amy farrah fowler. fowler i think that there's a lot of i mean 
uh, some of the reason people people won't ship ships is because they find them unbelievable. And I think that, you know, while I see Sheldon and Pinney being like, bros, my bro TP. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is your OTP, except they're not going to have sex. Yeah. Bro TP. <laughs> um, bro TP. I can see them being... Totally, um, total bro Yeah, TP. they're a pro, total bro TP, but I, you know, I can't see them doing, you know, romantic things. No. That doesn't make any sense to oh, me. Um... Oh, I, I wanted to circle back because we were talking about how much of fan fiction is not great. Oh, um, yeah. And this circles back to um, there's a thing known as Sturgeon's Law, um, which ties to Theodore Sturgeon. We talked about it at the very beginning of the episode. Um, Sturgeon's Law is something that he said once is 90% of everything is crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's just that's just what happens. Yeah. And so what we have to do is keep making more. And so that 10% becomes larger in volume over time. Which, the good which stuff. It, it's, it's like, I see that happening too. And it's, it's almost like the, the cultural production and our, our ability to, to discover it is also growing in proportion, in, in ratio to the population. So that 10% is huge. It is huge and is growing faster than we can keep up with. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, this is coming from... What, is it, what is it, 100 hours of YouTube video are added every minute? Oh, it's ridiculous. And it's like, the, the problem of our age is, is, you know, cutely abbreviated FOMO, right? <laughs> this fear, fear of missing out, uh, right? That fear that, oh, you're reading like that Big Bang Theory fanfic, which is okay, or pretty good, but you could be spending your time watching... Like True Detective, you know, or or reading True Detective fanfic, right? Like there's the, there's like all the universes that are just multiplying, and you can just hop on over to them yeah. in no time. And you know, how do you choose anymore what yeah. you spend your time on? Uh, yeah, like well, I see that as the the crux of all of this. <laughs> sometimes fandoms versus their canon make it easy. Um, for example, I really <laughs> I really like Hannibal. Hannibal is one of my favorite shows I need to right ca- now. I, 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 it's not, it doesn't stream anywhere I can watch it and no, it makes I me super annoyed. No, I have it on annoying. DVD. Season 1 and Season 2. I need to borrow it. Season 2 because um, I've only anyway, watched Season 1 in like Hannibal. two thirds. Mm-hmm. I really like Hannibal. And, it's a uh, great show. Brian Fuller's the Brian, best. Brian Fuller totally ships it too. Uh, he Does he? He ships Will Graham and Hannibal. Oh. Uh, which I don't really, that kind of scares me because I feel really bad for Will Graham. Um, really? So the, the fandom is almost completely like Hannibal and Will Graham and I'm like no that's you know for me that's like I don't you know cannibals aren't, aren't sexy. Don't, don't ship Hannibal. Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> is great but uh, yeah uh, I don't, they, they I don't shoot ship that the show to make him super sexy. I know they do um, but that, so, that show so, is one of the most beautiful things I've seen on TV ever. Oh it's so stunning it's like mm. pushing daisies only only, only, only dark. super dark. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they, I actually have like within reach like the other Brian Fuller shows like mm. on my DVD yeah, show. Yeah they're, they're very important Brian Fuller is, is great. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh. Super positive view of women in all of his shows too. Yes. All about it. Anyway like so I, I spend very little time in the Hannibal fandom because mm-hmm. it's all like ship stuff and I don't really appreciate, you know, the, the big ship that's there. Yeah. Um, so that happens, you know, periodically. And while I'll watch like every episode of Hannibal, I don't, you know, I don't care about the fandom. Mm-hmm. It's sort of self-editing, so you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's going to be a predominant ship or there's going to be, uh, you know, the, uh, Teen Wolf was a big one. Hmm. Um, and the big issue I had with Teen Wolf is Teen Wolf would tease this 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 male couple couple who never ended up getting together, hmm. um, but a whole bunch of like queer people started watching it, thinking like, oh my god, this is gonna be canon, canon being things that happen in, in real life in the show versus the fandom universe. Yeah. Um, and it never happened, and they just teased it the whole time, and yeah. everybody's super pissed at Teen Wolf. Yeah, that's Wolf. fair. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but they 
wrote fanfic that like made up for it. Yeah, right? they did. Oh, they did. Absolutely. <laughs> the internet is is full of fanfiction like that. So it's funny to me that they get pissed off. Well, it's because they're not being validated in a in a full light. Like, yeah, if I have to write this for fair. me, for the other people that wish this would happen in the real world, that's the problem. So I'm a I'm a queer teenager, and uh-huh. I'm a I I have a penis, and I think dudes are super hot. And it would be really great to see someone like me on TV, especially in the show that I really like. Especially when it's pretty much already there. All they would have to do is is, is make it happen. Mm-hmm. And instead they tease it for a while and then they go off in another direction. And I'm feeling really unfulfilled. And so I know really... there are people out there like me who are feeling unfulfilled because they're not seeing themselves in media. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they need to write fan fiction to make sure that Wait. they feel them like... It right. makes them real. Is it, I'm sorry, but yeah. is it not validating enough to see it written by no, the fanfic can, writers? The canon always wins. Canon so always. canon always has... That's, I guess, what I'm sort of it's sensing sacred. from and it's, it, it's, it, Yeah, we play with it, and we, we change it, and we headcanon, mm-hmm. but we have headcanon isn't canon. We have to go back to the original point of fanfiction. The original point of fanfiction is that you have to remain as in-character as possible. And if in-character, mm. like, you know, Styles or whoever it is, mm-hmm. is, is not into dudes, then you, you're, you're not being validated by that. And wow. even though there are other people that ship the thing, like... Mm-hmm. You are not being validated by the the source, um, and and making fan fiction in 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 a spectrum in a broad sense of of creating all these different these ships and these these head cannons and these these validations of identities uh-huh. doesn't change the larger societal problem of media, which right. is, which is still you and I, Stephen, are the demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we've talked and that about that has that a much problem. larger effect on someone's life than yes. the community that they choose to, yes. to find refuge. And we've and we've yeah. talked about that problem. We've yeah. we've addressed it. And we we know it exists, and and you know we we try and work against it, but that's not changing anytime soon. Hmm. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know if either of y'all. Uh, I know I know we've talked Lost on the show before. I don't know if you're a fan of the series or not. I have, I'm aware. Um, Amy's rewatching it, and I get to watch it with her because that's super exciting. Because we watch it for the first time through her eyes, and that's really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, particularly knowing how it all ends up. But um, yeah. I never say his name right. Uh, Javier Bardem, Gorilla <laughs> Marsh. Yeah. I always want to say Javier Gorilla Marks because that's what it looks like. To my brain. <laughs> and that's not his name. Javier um, Guevara Marks. <laughs> um, he he was a writer on Lost in the first two seasons. He also created an amazing, amazing underrated TV show called The Middleman, which you should totally watch. Mm. Um, but he put out this 17,000-word essay about writing on the first two seasons of Lost um, that was amazing. Wow. Um, and he is, he is a person of color, um, and uh, The Middleman has an amazing, um, and sort of has, has amazing female characters and people of color within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, in the very first early stages of Lost, like in the original treatment and even in the original pilot scripts stages, they were going to kill off Jack, the main character of oh. Lost, in the first in the last fifteen minutes of the pilot. Would have loved that. Um, as would have I. Yeah. And and he's, he he's a white dude. He's yeah. totally a straight white he's dude. A, he's uh, he is the identifiable character as I they would call it. Yeah. Um, and and Kate was gonna have to take over. The woman was going to have to take over and try and lead this not not being that person and and there was gonna be like it was gonna be amazing and JJ Abrams was like this is gonna be brilliant, and uh, the 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 writer whose name I can't say um, was oh, yeah. in the writing meetings Javier and he said he said to them you can't kill off the white guy 
and not not to be malicious and not to, not to say that you shouldn't and we shouldn't be doing this and and they're like no it's going to be great it's going to be amazing and they went to the network and the network said you can't kill off the white guy oh. and he's like I told you and he's like he's and, and again he's not that you shouldn't it's the, and just, they be amazing won't let you. they won't let you oh. um, and that exists and that's the problem and and we can write as much fanfic as we want and we can we can try and take ownership of these things but you still can't kill off the white guy yeah. And you, and you see the same issue. Um, I watched, I've watched probably the first seven seasons of Supernatural. Um, Supernatural, we're, yeah. Uh, we just got to the part where Castiel became something really important. Yes, yes. No um, spoilers. Spoiler. But that's no a spoilers. thing that happened. It is a thing that happened. Um, I, I, I watched it with one of my friends, and uh, we quickly became disenchanted after Supernatural was really only meant to be the five seasons. Yes. Uh, where they killed the white guy, and then it they ended. Did. Um, <laughs> and instead, they brought it back from the dead. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not the, as good. I'm, I'm, I'm a g- 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 ghost. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Um, anyway. Uh, so what? What just happened there? Is Kevin gave me the finger twice <laughs> for making a uh, wave with, some fingers with at flailing him. hands. Like there's a lot of flailing that these boys do. I'm yeah. surprised that they haven't recorded the flailing. Oh, yeah. I have, and yeah. uh, millions of people have seen it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Stephen used to be an ASL song <laughs> singer on the internet. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, he stopped because we realized it was cultural appropriation. We. Yeah. 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 So. Um. Anyway, back to supernatural. Supernatural. Uh. So the 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 original plot is is understandable. We're following two brothers who um are fighting demons and monsters and, and, monsters yeah. and things like that. Um. And they are both white, which kind of makes sense. Biology, it works that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. But. Throughout the series, we continue to see these white male characters that can. Uh, Supernatural has a high death rate. You're, if <laughs> yeah. you're in Supernatural, you're you're going to you know you'll probably die at least once. Even and if you're the main character. Even if you're the main character, you will die, and then we will find a way to bring you back because mm-hmm. we will. Um, so they finally killed off. I mean, they killed off the uh, spoilers for Supernatural. If you don't, um, they kill off Sam and Dean's dad, <laughs> and uh, they kill off. Um, they're sort of like mentor, their yeah. male mentor. Um, but during that time where they've happened to kill off these two white dudes, um, they kill off so many female characters oh, and yeah. so many people of color. There of are that. no, there are no women that have been on the show the entire like wow. period. Yeah, like flashing back to their mom is the closest thing we get, and their mom died when in the um, first episode. In the first episode, when the <laughs> in kids the, were in really the prologue. small. Yeah. Oh. Um, so every time, like, Molly, when Molly and I were watching it, it was just one of those things where we'd watch, we'd watch, and then they would introduce this new character, and we're like, wow, we really like her, but then we're like, we yeah, really like her. Oh, yeah. So it's, yeah. it was just one of those things that was really hard to watch, because it just ended up being, like, the, the sad white man show. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's another show where they keep teasing, um, you know, a, a queer relationship, <laughs> yeah. but nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. Um, so that's frustrating, I, too. I guess I, I wonder, like... <laughs> In an era where the, like, Veronica Mars movie mm-hmm. can get millions of dollars and be made purely by the momentum of the fandom. You're welcome. 
right? Like, are we getting there to where like that's that's hella validating, right? For for that kind In of a certain thing. ways. Or the guild. Um, I mean, the, the the Lizzie Bennett diaries. I mean, there's yeah. all sorts of examples of these things that are very but the, well but produced. Like, it's it's a it's a distance from the mainstream. Oh. I mean, and, and that's and that's okay. Um, that that they're growing in those margins, but I mean we're also seeing a splintering of the main audiences, and mm-hmm. that's important, I think, in 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 the same way. But if you put a network show on TV, you still can't kill the white guy. Yeah. And so yeah, we, things are growing and things are changing. There's a long. Way but like to you go. say, the entire pie is growing. And yeah. So there's yeah. still like Transformers can make you know however gajillion billion dollars mm-hmm. overseas, even though it's a terrible movie here, and everyone who's it's, it's a terrible has, movie overseas too. Terrible movie. <laughs> a lot more people go Robots. see it. Yeah. Oh, which brought me to a question that I, I missed uh, when you were talking about it. Um, is fan fiction for the most part English language, or are there good examples of like? Fanfics in other languages. And that speaks to a big problem uh, with the internet as a whole. Yeah. The big problem with the internet as a whole is it's all in English. Yeah. I've read fics written by, um, you know, people who English is their second or third or fourth or fifth language. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're all very good. And then I periodically I see, you know, there are some people that exist within a fandom almost entirely to translate things back into whatever their wow. original tongue is. Um, uh, you know, there's... there's it, So something, it's it's... I'm not saying that this is purely like a, a an English speaking phenomenon, mm-hmm. um, but most but of the production tends a lot to be of the production is in yeah. English because because almost every you know we're reaching a point where English is the language that almost everyone has in common. Yeah. We're reaching we're reaching common. We're reaching yeah. a, a common yeah. tongue. Yeah. I, I did meet the guy when I went to Prague a few like five years ago. Mm-hmm. I met the guy who did all of the subtitles for most of the major TV shows in Czech. <laughs> he would he would download them before everybody else, and he was he was a translator like that was his job. Um, but he would down he would download them, and if it was a show he would like, he would then do subtitles for all of them and time code them. And like he did the entire season of Life, which was a weird show on NBC, <laughs> yeah. um, and a few others that I'm like that's super cool. I can download your work. Um, yeah, um, it's just it's that's an issue with English. Yes. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, you, you talk about languages, culture as appropriation yeah. well, as, as And it's one of those things where empire. like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I followed someone on, on Tumblr for an age and then I saw a post where she, she was posting in German recently. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm like, she lives in Germany. Like that's where she lives. <laughs> and she posts these English posts that like, I can't tell that she's not mm-hmm. some chicken Kansas. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I, you know, it's one of those things that, that, you know, that's sort of the, the, underlying issue of the internet right now everything is in english and um, there's still you know there are still in most cases whenever you get a fic written in another language it's usually translated to english pretty quickly mm-hmm. if there's some demand yeah. for it yeah oh man I, we should do a whole episode on like the colonization of language that's another show sure. um, <laughs> I well know, i don't know what i'm doing that but i think i I've, i know a lot more about fan fiction now than and i have a lot more questions about it now than, <laughs> than i did coming into this and uh really appreciate you having on that or yeah. coming on the show Catherine. Yeah, absolutely I'm, I'm glad we were able to bring you on um and kevin thank you for sharing your i mean yeah i live here <laughs> <laughs> well i was we're not in kevin's closet yet i was i was gonna say your your 13 year old self but uh yeah also yeah, i committed house. myself to that one this morning again pre-coffee so I, I had to go through with it um <laughs> true that um, um yeah and and uh gosh where are some websites that folks can go if they're interested in learning more about fan fiction or getting into some of their own um again fanfiction.net 
uh, archive of our own, adultfanfiction.net, which again is going to be a lot more, a lot more. Smart. There's going to be porn there. There's going to be porn hey, there. I will, I will put links to all of these, <laughs> yeah. and you can, you know, click. I'll put the NSFW thing. Oh, on. Well, before we yeah. end, I want to talk mm-hmm. about uh, Slash, not the, not the, um, the. Fan fiction act, but the game that we totally didn't end up playing. Oh, Slash. It's, um, a, it's Kev, a. I'm going to let Kevin talk about the game. Yeah. It's a really cool game. Um, well, I mean, you know, internet probably by now that I love board games and have way too many of them and will keep buying them until I die, probably. Um, but there's there is a. Um, a game, and I'll say in the style of Cards Against Humanity or Apples to Apples, and I think it's been established in the show that I'm not a fan of Cards Against Humanity. Um, I think it does not do what it says it's doing. Um, but, um, in this game, uh, you get a hand of characters or people, um, and it's, you know, someone picks and judges and there's a rotating judge sort of thing and they put down all the golden girls and then you have to pull from your hand of characters, the OTP for all of the golden girls. Oh. Um, And your hand consists of Harry Potter, Darth Vader, um, Raphael, the Ninja Turtle, and uh, Lilo Dallas. And oh, you Raphael, have to... totally. Raphael, you think so? Yeah, I think he'd be really helpful. Like, I mean, Raphael's pretty old. rude. Well, no, I'm still He's cool, but rude. I'm still feeling good uh, about it. I think they'd, 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 like, keep him sort of constrained. Okay, and, and, okay. And, and, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. So you, and so you pick one of these cards from your hand, and you put it down, and everybody argues about the OTP here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think it's a really it's a really powerful thing because it kind of encourages A, it encourages off-the-wall ships like that no one probably has yeah. actually read anything about. Um, but B, I think it much more so than something like Cards Against Humanity kind of exists in this this queered space and this and a relationship-focused space mm-hmm. and um, is is empowering in a way that something like Cards Against Humanity is not. Um, Cards Against Humanity does have a card that says Harry Potter erotica, though. It probably does. It does. Um, it does. Every time I play, I always hear someone be like, wait, is that a thing? And I'm like, a, yes! It's, it's absolutely! Very much a thing. Where there have you been? There is a lot of it yeah. on the internet. Um, There's a lot of references to wands? Like, where have you been? <laughs> and erotica is the formal name for, like, written porn, right? Yes. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. smut is also a really commonly used word in amongst mm-hmm. the fanfiction community. Um, yeah. Erotica sounds more aloof Ero- and sophisticated. Yeah, it, it sounds sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. Some and of when, it is, some of it probably isn't. And some, of it when you, some of times when you're writing porn, you're like, this is just, it's just this smut. This is smut. It's just yeah. smut. Yeah. 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 Plain old smut. Another popular short handle see on fix is uh, PWP, which is porn with plot. Oh. You'll also see uh, PWOP, which is porn, porn without, without plot. plot. Just, just porn. <laughs> they saw each other. It's just, it's just porn. immediately close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, where can uh, folks follow you on the internet, if at all? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll be back on the show sometime later. I will consider that deeply, and I'll be back with you. <laughs> oh, well, you can follow us at Bad Philosophy. I'm, uh, as always, S. Torrance, S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C. Kevin is... Kevsund twitter.com slash k-e-v-s-a-u-n-d mm-hmm. and uh i'm also the pie man on uh fanfiction.net um it mer- turns out i actually have a personalized url for that uh, which i realized as i was looking at my profile the quest for pie uh, is, it is over it's uh it certainly is something um let me see if i can pull it back up i think it is um fanfiction.net slash tilde 
The P-I-M-A-N. Uh, the Pie Man. Pie, like the number, not like the food. We'll put a link in the show um, notes, too, just in case. Yeah, so you can read just that in case thing. you really want to. We read it to you. Uh, if you, you want to do some sort of deep uh, critical analysis theory on it, uh, don't. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> I mean, If you do, don't write in. Please don't let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I can point to you everything I was thinking in it, but, you know, it's not important. I do kind of want to go to the old school Tomorrow People, which is not I even think... the original Tomorrow People. There's one in the 70s. Oh, my God. Um, we should anyway. link to all of the trailers <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for the show. There's one in the 70s, <laughs> and then in the 90s, and then the, the double lots. Wow. So much of it. Well, thank you for listening for this whole episode, y'all. Yes, we did go over our one-hour thing. Deal with it. <laughs> but, yeah, deal with it. There was a lot of good stuff here. It's worth it. And we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. I'd like to. I know y'all did a brony show, but I'd like to. Well, I think we touched on bronies. I don't think we did a whole brony show. I want to show. do a brony show and I want to talk about Steven Universe. Totally. We need to do that. Because I'm pissed. Steven you told Universe. me about this. I'm pissed. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think rightfully so. And we should talk about that in the next episode. Me bronies mm. make me mad. Oh, uh, yeah. Rightfully so. They totally, like, stole My Little Pony. I know. Do you know, do you know about theirs. Steven Universe? No. Is, does he have it's some a, part of that? Or? It's, it's a, a cartoon. Show. It's a Cartoon Network TV show. Oh. Um, it's a boy. I guess he's supposed to be in, like, his maybe super early teens. He's a preteen. I was thinking 11. Um, yeah. And he is being watched over by these um, gemstone-themed guardians of the universe. Um, because his mom was one, and he is two, but he's, like, just getting his bearing. So uh, he's got Garnet and Pearl and Amethyst who are watching out for him. And um, it's a really great show and Supergirl positive because these aliens are all, like, gender neutral, but they all look like women. And it turns oh. out that Garnet is actually made up of, like, two of the gemstones were just so in love that they formed another person. Like, cool. period. So they just joined together and formed a whole new person. And it's genius. Like, it's a really great show. Rebecca Sugar does it. My friend Jeremy does the comic with his ex-boyfriend. Like, it's a it's a big deal with people about our age producing it. Hmm. And, um, and the ultimate, like, asshole move, there are dudes out there who are like, well, we can't like Steven Universe just because it's Steven Universe. Like, they're trying to call themselves the gentlemen and shit like that and they're trying to, the t- to take it they're trying to, to brony it <sighs> and that makes me really sad I don't want them to touch my stuff it's my stuff yeah, and I mean, it'd be fine if they just appreciated the stuff but they gotta touch so it you gotta appropriate it yeah you gotta make it their own like it's I was awkward in high school and I just owned being awkward like you don't have to lean on my little pony as a crutch hmm. for being awkward like, I'm sorry that you're awkward. I'm still awkward. So I haven't progressed that far. <laughs> I'm just older now, so I'm better at owning it. Um, I don't need a crutch. I'm yeah. just weird. <laughs> I am the one, the only one. I am the God, I'm 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 the God, I'm